Chapter 17. Danger in the Dunes. Pete woke with the first gray of dawn the next morning. He dimly realized that something had changed. It had been quiet when he fell asleep, but now there was a snapping and a rattling coming from the wagon overhead. Everywhere there seemed to be a loud moan. He was out of his bedroll in an instant and saw that the sand was already sifting heavily down over the bedrolls on the remaining Indian relics. The loose end flaps of the canvas wagon cover were whipping in and out crazily. Come on, he called to Hatsy, who was crawling out of his blankets. Hurry! After a quick look around, Hatsy said, You get the team and we'll pull the wagon out of here before the sand piles up on the hubs. Better tie your handkerchief around your neck. While you're gone, I'll see if there's any of them Indian things I can save. The sand will be piling up like snowdrifts in a hurry. It may be a couple hundred years before this place ever opens up again, and I'm fresh out of steam shovels. For the first time, Pete appreciated the many uses of the cowboy neckerchief he had been wearing. With it over his nose, he could breathe more easily, although the sand stung his eyes as he jog-trotted toward the horses. Luckily, the place where they were tethered was out of the center of the sandstorm, but it was a real chore to lead the Appaloosas back to the wagon. I'll hitch up now, Pete called. Okay? No answer came. The wind was too loud for the old man to hear, probably. Pete looked around for him. Hatsy was nowhere to be seen. Holding the horse's lead ropes, Pete lifted the flaps and looked into the wagon. Hatsy wasn't there either. Pete hopped down and looked through the stinging sand toward the place where the Indian relics had been, and then out toward the plain to see if Hatsy might have gone that way. There was no sign of him. Frightened now, Pete dropped the Appaloosa's lead ropes and began to search. Hatsy had said he'd pick up some more stones. He must be close. Squinting with his eyes almost shut, Pete stumbled across the small area where the Indian camp had been. Suddenly his moccasined feet hit something in the soft sand. It was Hatsy, already partly covered in the creamy white drift of the dunes. With his back to the wind, Pete knelt down over the old man who lay with one arm thrown over his face. His hat was gone. Shielding Hatsy's head from the wind, Pete frantically pushed the sand away. The thin old body lay there, breathing quietly. There was only one thing to do, and Pete did it. Although he suspected what had happened, he felt Hatsy's legs and arms to make sure the old man hadn't stumbled and broken a bone. Then he grabbed Hatsy beneath the shoulders and dragged him to the rear of the wagon. As gently as he could, he eased Hatsy's spare frame up onto the tailboard. Inside the canvas cover, he would be protected, and in a moment, Pete could have the Appaloosas hitched up. Then he could drive away from the dunes. Pulling Hatsy in and through the back flap, Pete stretched him out on the bed rolls that the old man had tossed in on top of the Indian stones. Now he could harness the Appaloosas who were standing restlessly beside the wagon. As he thrust up the canvas cover to jump out, the wind caught it and made it flap against itself with a report like a rifle. The sharp noise, together with Pete's quick leap to the ground, sent the already nervous horses into a frenzy. Both reared as one and broke into a frantic race across the sand ahead of the wind. Well-trained though they were, the Appaloosas had been stampeded by the storm. Deep inside, Pete felt as if he were almost ready to stampede too, but with a great effort he forced himself to stop and think. He couldn't tell how long the storm would last or how high the sand would pile up around the wagon, or in it. He didn't dare leave Hatsy there alone long enough to go to the ranch to get help. Pete knew that what he had to do. He must get Hatsy to the ranch on Sandy. That wouldn't be easy. Sandy might spook at the wind or at carrying double, which he had never done. Pete had to take a chance. He knew that the storm might make Sandy nervous, so he decided he had better saddle him away from the dunes, right where he was tethered. It was a job to lug the 40-pound saddle in the wind, but he managed it. Riding toward the wagon, he talked soothingly to the horse. Sandy, you've got a big job to do, the biggest job you ever had. You and I gotta take Hatsy back to the ranch. At the wagon, Pete tied Sandy to the rear. Then he made a pad of a blanket and lashed it over the saddle horn. Now he had to bring Hatsy out onto the tailgate and fasten the heavy strap around his chest under his arms. 
Pete planned out every move he was going to make next. He untied and mounted Sandy, then edged him up so he was alongside the tailboard. Nodding the reins, he dropped them over the saddle horn, and cautiously using both hands, he gripped the strap and drew Hatsy across the saddle face down. Sandy shied away from the wagon at the unexpected weight and gave a startled toss of his head when the canvas cover flapped loudly. But with one hand on the reins, Pete managed to quiet him. With an effort, Pete raised the limp body high enough so he could draw the old man's right leg over the saddle horn. Now both of them were squeezed into the saddle. Pete eased himself back over the cantle and sat astride the saddle skirt with both feet out of the stirrups. This would be the test. With the wind sending Sandy's mane streaming forward over his eyes and his tail blown between his legs, the horse strained every muscle to break into a gallop. Pete held him firmly but was careful about pulling too hard on the bit for fear Sandy might rear to throw his double burden. At last, Sandy settled down and headed away from the dunes. Pete kept his right arm around Hatsy's chest, supporting the limp figure. With his left hand, he held the reins and gave additional support. Before long, his arms were aching with the strain. Pete rested them as best he could by shifting position. Once, as he shifted, he thought he felt Hatsy stir. Although the wind still blew, it was no longer filled with sand, and the early morning sun began to warm Pete. It shone back from the pale white skin on top of Hatsy's bobbing head. At that moment, Pete realized what must have happened. Something must have struck the sensitive spot on the top of the old man's head when its hat blew off in the storm. Hot sun on the spot wouldn't help any. Holding the whole weight of his left arm, Pete transferred his own sombrero to Hatsy's head. It was much too big, so he held it in place by pulling the chin strap tight under Hatsy's jaw. Presently, he was aware that Hatsy's head no longer bobbed limply, and he realized that there was much less weight on his arms. Hatsy, Pete said anxiously. There was no answer. Hatsy? Seems kind of crowded around here, came a tired, thin voice. If you'll quit tickling my ribs, I'll see what I can do about getting my feet in the stirrups. Pete gave a nervous laugh of pleasure and relief. <sighs> you all right? It might be stretching matters a little to say that, but... Until I get the general hang of what's going on. Let loose of me, I said. Pete dropped his right arm but held onto the reins with his left hand. Hatsy reached up and felt the unfamiliar covering on his head. Where's my hat? he asked. This thing sure is heavy on my ears. Maybe we'd better stop and rest a while, Pete suggested. Nothing as restful around here as a saddle and I'm in it, Hatsy retorted. What kind of picnic is this anyway? Pete told about finding him unconscious, almost buried in the sand, about the Appaloosas being spooked, and about his plan to get Hatsy to the ranch. Hatsy listened and said firmly, Last thing I remember, I was bent over and reaching up to grab my hat. Felt like the wind was just about to make off with it. I guess it blew off all right, and I got hit on my soft spot by a little stick or something that was riding along on the wind. I told you that it could hit me with a feather there and send me loco. Are you all right now? Pete asked again. Nothing wrong with me that a new hat won't fix, the old man said. I'll order that up as soon as we get to the ranch. But it looks like you'll still have a job after that. My Appaloosies would keep right on running if they saw me with this thing on my head. You'll have to get them in the wagon, too. I guess I should have tied them up when I went off looking for you, Pete said. But I didn't figure how scared they would be by that racket of the flapping canvas. Wouldn't have tied them myself. Patsy answered. Those horses know when they're supposed to stand. It was a fool thing of me not to lash my hat on tight. Pete felt relieved. It wasn't his fault that Hatsy had been injured. And he knew that this time he had thought things clear through. 